McElroy wins the 2018-2019 Player of the Year Award. Interesting. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart, Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thanks for joining me here today. So, it's been announced, Roy McIlroy has won Player of the Year. Uh, obviously, um, Brooks Kepka had already taken home one of the awards for Player of the Year. That was based on essentially just statistics, just data that the PGA Tour gathers over the course of a year. And in that particular case, I think Brooks Kepka had 84 points and Rory McIlroy had 78 points. And that's based on victories. It's based on top tens. It's based on a whole lot of different things. But they definitely give more weight to the majors. And Brooks Kepka had a fantastic year in the majors. Obviously, he won the PGA, but then finished, boy, I think it was uh, top five in all of the, the majors this year. So an incredible year when you look at Brooks Kepka and the majors. When you look at Rory McIlroy, he led in scoring average. He led in strokes gained. He, um, and not with much help from his putter, by the way, and he uh, won Three times, as did uh, as did Brooks. Uh, Brooks won. Let's see, a WGC, an, and a major. Uh, you've got uh, Rory winning the Canadian Open, and then the Players, and then obviously the the Tour Championship. Uh, as far as money goes, obviously with the fifteen million at the end of the year, Rory probably topped on that regard. But when it comes to world rankings, Brooks Kepka finished number one in the world, which has got to hold some weight. So a lot of things going on, and there's going to be a bit of a debate uh, going back and forth. And frankly, there should be. This is the first time in 28 years that the person who hasn't won the Most Valuable Player Award uh, by the data and the stats at the end of the year hasn't won the Player of the Year Award given to them essentially from the players. Um, in order to qualify to vote for the player of the year, you had to have played in at least 15 of the PGA Tours events, right? So it's a very exclusive field that votes for this individual. Now, a lot of the media that has come out since, and there's been obviously people going back and forth. It seems to be those across the pond think that absolutely it was Rory's uh, to lose, where those here on this side of the pond have seemed to have been sort of mixed here in the States. and But a lot of the discussion has to go with, you know, maybe Rory's consistency was more important to the players. Um, I actually saw a, a, a few interesting comments on social media where some people believe that perhaps Brooks Kepka coming out and basically admitting that all he cares about are the majors kind of put a, a left, you know, the PGA Tour a little bruised. And so some of the players who don't get to play in the majors, but do get to play in all the other PGA Tour tournaments, took that, uh, took a bit of offense to that. I could probably see where that could happen. Um, but it seemed to be that everybody sort of decided that the players were voting that money 
is the most important thing when it comes to voting for the players for the player of the year. I guess obviously referring to the fact that Rory took home that $15 million bonus at the end of the for the winning the FedEx Cup. Now, I think that there's this is a I think it's a fascinating topic. I for one went I was on record on this podcast after Brooks Kepka after the season had wrapped up what two weeks ago a whopping two weeks ago as we start the uh, Greenbrier tomorrow right so we're back in the 2019-2020 season of the wraparound schedule. Um, I went on record as saying that Brooks Kepka would win the Player of the Year based on the players' votes and that again. It's a pretty easy knee-jerk position to take just because, you know, 28 years of history, the data's pretty clear. Like it's, you know, I was uh, quite a bit younger than I am now. I was in my early 20s uh, when, um, you know, this didn't happen again. So this is a quite a fascinating situation and a very, very different. So when we come to this idea that um, you have got to somehow or another, well, I, I mean, there's a few things going on here. I, I definitely thought that the, the majors are the most important. And so ask yourself this question. If you were a player and you were out on the PGA Tour and you had the opportunity to win a major or to win the FedEx Cup, which would you choose? I think most would say, uh, it, well, I, I guess it would depend on the player. If you want to s- sort of cement your name in history, you'd want to win the major. I mean, I can't, I can't, I mean, who has won the FedEx Cup? We kind of know, and the FedEx Cup has definitely grown in as far as prestige. But if you look at the two, people would still say, like if you ask Tiger Woods, would you rather win the FedEx Cup or would you rather win a major? Tiger Woods is always going to say a major because he is, right, pursuing Jack Nicholas's record of 18. He's now on 15 and he wants to make more, right? He wants to get to that 18. So he would have got that stance there. Um, but when you're talking about um, Rory, Rory, I believe, is in the same boat. If you ask Rory McIlroy, would he rather have Brooks Kepka's year or his year, he would tell you Brooks Kepka's year, which is, I think that has to be taken into consideration. Rory would exchange his year for Brooks Kepka's. Rory has more money than he ever will need, and the $15 million to him means relatively nothing. Um, but a major does mean something to him. Rory is also looking to cement his name in the, you know, in the history of, of, of golf. And that really takes majors. It still takes majors. And so it's a very interesting situation when the, the person, when the person who um, wins the award will admit that he would rather have another player's season rather than his own, um, I think we got a problem. So as far as as far as I'm concerned, as far as my opinion goes, I I don't see how you give this to anybody other than Brooks Kepka. Now that all being said. I don't think Brooks Kepka did himself any favors with his attitude change over the course of the last couple of years. So it used to be that Brooks Kepka didn't say a whole lot. He stayed quiet. He sort of just did his own thing and didn't really make much comment. And then there was this situation over the course, I guess it was a couple of years ago when he was sitting courtside and he spoke to 
an NBA player, and he decided that now that he had won a major, he had the right or maybe the responsibility, I believe it was more of a right than a responsibility in his mind, to start uh, spouting off and sharing his opinion. And obviously, we live in a free country and everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But Brooks Kepka's opinions have come out to obviously against slow play. Uh, and he's been somewhat negative in calling people out. And people have applauded him for it. But I think that others are maybe maybe those who are um, of... Uh, Maybe those players who do tend to play a little bit slower than other players decided that uh, they weren't so happy with Brooks Kepka, And so they decided to vote for Rory McIlroy. Also, we've mentioned that uh, Brooks Kepka coming out and say, look, I, it, when you see me practice, it's at the majors. Otherwise, you know, when I play golf, it's just at tournament golf. I don't practice. All I care about is the majors. Well, if the Player of the Year award is truly the Player of the Year award, then you've got to reward the person who actually played and tried all throughout the year. And if any of them thought Rory McIlroy did more so than Brooks Kepka, and they would be fair in that assumption with Brooke, by Brooks Kepka's own words sort of condemn him, then you have to give it to Rory McIlroy, right? Okay, so there's another situation. And then Brooks Kepka is just kind of a, a bit of a sourpuss lately, right? I mean... I got I to gotta be honest. I mean, when he came out in the body edition of Sports Illustrated or ESPN, I guess it's ESPN magazine that does the body edition, and there may be some players that think that that's a little ridiculous. You know, why not to just focus on your game? And rather than, than uh, we know that Brandel Chambly had a problem with Brooks Kepka dieting and doing all kinds of stuff so he could uh, appear to be his best self when these photographs were taken. Uh, maybe that rubbed a few players the wrong way. The bottom line is something drastically went wrong in the voting, or at least went different, not necessarily wrong, because Brooke Kepka didn't win. And 28 years of history is now down the drains. And you've got Rory McIlroy, who would admit that he would rather have Brooks Kepka's year, year than his own, as far as the benefit of winning a major versus the benefit of winning the FedEx Cup prestige versus money, essentially. Historical significance versus money. So there you have it. Obviously, Rory McIlroy is the player, um, the player of the year. And I, while I still believe Brooks Kepka had the year to win um, the player of the year award, and frankly should have, based on his winning of a major and Rory McIlroy winning, winning uh, not winning a major. I mean, also, I mean, let's, this goes without uh, a little saying, as far as the regular season goes, Brooks Kepka won the Wyndham as well, which uh, basically uh, keeps track of the entire year and then awards somebody on just the, the year. Brooks Kepka won that one as well. And that money, that bonus, there as well. And, and that was not taken into consideration, obviously. So um, yeah, the bottom line is I believe that Brooks Kepka would have won the Player of the Year award had he not just been so darn prickly, right? Had he not come, had he come out and said, hey, yeah, I love everything about golf. I want to play golf. Golf is the greatest. I love to practice. I love everything about golf and really embraced it and enjoyed it. I think that he wins the award. Uh, Roy McIlroy did a much better job of that. I thought his interviews were more charming. He was more pleasant. 
He was more thoughtful in his answers. He has his opinions, but he expresses them in a way that you know that he truly has this conviction and he's thought about it. And I think that that just plays better with the players. Um, where Brooks Kepka has seemed to almost sort of been a bit standoffish to the rest of the PGE Tour, almost making fun of them and their lifestyle for practicing and working so hard to be very good at their craft week in and week out. Ultimately, Brooks Kepka lost this. My opinion is this. Brooks Kepka lost this Player of the Year award because he has chosen to not embrace golf like some of the other players have. He has chosen to be somewhat of a um, sourpuss. He has decided to talk about the things that bother him about golf instead of being more positive and talking about the things that he loves about golf. He is on record as saying he would have rather played baseball rather than golf. So not exactly the poster child of this great game. And for those who choose to make it their living and work hard in order, and struggle, frankly, to keep their card and make money and stay on tour... I think that Brooks Kepka just came out and rubbed too many people the wrong way in order for them to feel good about voting for him. Should he have won the award? Absolutely, uh, based on merit. But does he deserve the war reward? No. If the players say no, then it is no, and it's up to them. And I think that there's quite a bit of evidence that, that Brooks Kepka did not live up to being player of the year. Um, he was essentially the player of the majors, and he didn't care about the rest of the year. And that's not what the award is about. So my take on the situation, it's very, it's a very interesting way to wrap up the year. This will be the last show of season one of Data Access Golf, the podcast, um, wrapping it up as the brand new season starts tomorrow. So that will begin a season two of Data Access Golf. There's going to be some artwork changes and we've made some, uh, we're going to actually launch and get going with the Facebook group. We'll be doing some live stuff in the Facebook group. We're going to make this, turn this into some sort of a, a community where those of us that uh, work full time and still love golf and are trying to get better with as little time possible, that's what we're going to focus on. That's going to be our tribe and that's where we're going to hang out. The Facebook group, I'll be honest, the Facebook group is going to be really for those that are 30 and over with full-time jobs and, and no professional golfers allowed. And it's just going to be a place where we amateurs can kind of hang out. And those of us that work nine to five and really don't have the opportunity to go out and practice five days a week, um, the folks that have the opportunity to do that, uh, they're, not, they're not really what our tribe is. Our tribe's about getting as good as you possibly can with as little amount of time as, as, as you've got, as, as little as possible, so we can keep our lives very balanced. We can worry about our families. We can worry about our work. We can work about our civil responsibilities, our church responsibilities, all of that, that we can get it all done and still be really good golfers who enjoy this great game and enjoy the benefits of it without needing to spend so much the time that we just don't have to be good at it. So hopefully that works for everybody, but that's definitely going to be a shift in the way um, we approach things here on the Data Access Golf podcast. It's really going to be about folks that want to get better at golf and want to do it as efficiently as possible, embracing technology, changing mindset, uh, figuring out how to use small spaces and really good drills to get better, especially over the winter months. So when it comes time for spring and we get going, that we feel like we have actually improved our game 
which I have been able to do a number of years in a row over the winter months. My game improves more over the winter months than it does while playing, and I think that we can definitely work together and share those ideas and those tips and tricks to get that done for all of us. So we will start that tomorrow, right? The new season starts tomorrow and our new focus will start tomorrow as well. So until next time, this is Aaron Stewart from Data Access Golf, the podcast, signing off for the last time in season one and saying for one last time, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.